brand is more important than it's ever been. Companies that grew up with passerby readers are dead. And if you don't have a consumer who's actively looking for your content, it is very difficult to build ancillary business models. If you look at what Snapchat's doing with advertising and storytelling, it's clear that digital can be more than the thing that we think it is. Welcome to the Digiday podcast. I'm Sihil Patel, senior reporter at Digiday. This week, we're joined by Kobe Smith, VP of ABC News Digital. Kobe, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Kobe, um, ABC News, longtime media institution known for TV shows such as Good Morning America, uh, World News Tonight. How much of your job is focused on extending these brands to digital platforms versus making original stuff for these platforms? Definitely more of the latter. Um, when I started about two and a half years ago in this role, a lot of publishers were mostly focused on taking television content, clipping them the right way, making sure that they were ubiquitous on all the digital platforms. Then over time, people were getting into more original programming. Um, and now what we see is the, the stories and the formats that work, uh, that resonate the most with the audience are the formats that are native to the platform. So, what that actually means for us is we have to tell a single story um, in more and more different ways and different voices and different formats for the platform to make it feel really native and organic. So but how much of what you do, like if you have to ballpark it, is mm -hmm. made specifically for these different platforms versus, you know, we had a great segment on a show. We want to be able to boost it online because people might want to watch it as well. Right. So let's today's the eclipse. Right. So I can kind of walk you through an example. So. The Eclipse, of course, is a story that's going to be covered on all of our shows, um, but done with di very different voices. So on Good Morning America today, Ginger Z is walking through the weather forecast. What's the viewability going to be on the Eclipse? World News Tonight, we'll have some of the pictures, might do a quick kind of roll up of highlights from the Eclipse. A show like 2020, a magazine format, still a linear show, right? Uh, might do a longer form piece on what did the eclipse mean to ancient civilizations? When's the next eclipse, right? You, you, so each of these three linear shows, linear brands can cover the same single story a bunch of different ways. On digital, we need to tell that story in those voices, Good Morning America, World News Tonight, Nightline 2020, but do a different format in each voice. So GMA publishes onto um, Yahoo, under a video format that resonates for the desktop audience and the mobile audience. We publish on the GMA Facebook account and it's got to be a lot shorter. It's got to be a lot more visual, more text heavy, less narration, less hosts. So it's just, we're spend a lot of our time figuring out how we can tell that single story under more and more formats. Makes sense. Uh, so you said, you know, two, two and a half years ago, a lot of publishers were focused on uh, extending television content to, to digital. Um, in that in that change for ABC News, what has been what have been the results? Uh, how have you guys grown significantly? Has that actually impacted what kind of reach you have across digital platforms? Yeah, the the reach has really gone on steroids as we've uh, adopted this this approach. Um, we've grown our video traffic, for example, has grown four times in the last two years, um, and of course, the business has grown alongside um, to follow the traffic. And so, you know, our approach is we follow where the audience is. And then we strategically look um, at what it means to produce a story natively for the platform on which the audience lives. Mm -hmm. So are there particular platforms that you guys are focused on more these days, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you mentioned sort of the Yahoo partnership. Are there places that just you spend more time on these days? 
Yeah, we, we really let the audience decide our priorities, right? So of course, our own O platforms, our site, our apps across all screen sizes, OTT, mobile, etc. Um, Facebook, social media, you can't ignore Instagram has really picked up in the last uh, few months. Um, we just follow the audience. So where's the audience then for ABC News? For ABC News, OTT, mobile, social, probably no surprises there. So basically everything. Basically everything. But there is not one place I'm Maybe leading you on a little bit, but is yeah. there's not one place like, for example, everyone talks about the, the the effect that Facebook has had over the past couple of years in terms right. of anyone trying to do video and grow an audience there. So there's not a single place that there's maybe just more time being spent on. No, well, yes, yeah, um, and of course, social is one of them. And amongst social, it's Facebook and Instagram are the fastest growing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of percent growth, though, OTT. Our Roku platform is the fastest growing platform, full stop. And it's actually growing faster than we're uh, seeing on social media. So what's your strategy there in terms of whether it's well, specifically content? Like yeah. are, are, what's sort of the approach in, in developing an experience on OTT platforms or let's say streaming platforms because some people don't like the word OTT. Uh, what's the strategy there in yeah. terms of getting people to watch and stick around for a while? It's a, it's a great question because, I mean, the secret's pretty much out on how to produce for social and mobile. You need to do square video. You need to do vertical video. It has to be atomized. It has to be short clips, uh, text heavy. People are watching it with the sound off, et cetera. So what does it mean to produce natively for a platform like Roku or like Amazon Fire or like a video service like a Hulu, for example, that's mostly watched on the big screen. So what we have found is more frequently, uh, the audience does not want a narrator. So a good example of this, we just did an ABC News feature on Grenfell Tower, the tragedy in, uh, in England, um, that was totally told through the, the eyes and through the voices of the victims themselves. Um, and so that is something that wouldn't uh, it's not a format that would resonate if someone's watching on their mobile phone. It's meant for a lean back experience, but it's not television. You couldn't air that piece. So on. it's not something that you aired on television and just put it on the app. No, no. So that was actually an example of a long form piece done natively for OTT environments for third third party platforms like Hulu, but it's not television and it's programming that we intentionally did not program for mobile or social audiences as well. And so that's where I get really excited too, um, because on social and mobile publishers have really kind of, they've all adopted very similar techniques in terms of getting their content discovered. Um, and we're going to be right at the forefront and continue being at the forefront there. I feel like we're actually are a little ahead on OTT and third-party video services. How much of original content would you say these days you're making for OTT? Specifically for OTT? Mm, Oh, geez. It's tough to come up with an exact uh, percentage. Um, What we try to do is get a lot of bang for the buck, right? Because there's also a lot more content on OTT um, each passing day and on video services like Netflix and Hulu and Roku. Um, So what we do do, we try to really put some marketing behind and really make sure that people are aware that it exists. It's also typically where we do the stories that we try to, um, you know, take a big swing in terms of experimenting with a new format. Um, and these also most frequently get the most critical acclaim for us as well, which helps in the discovery. So do you find, um, in terms of, Making this kind of content, getting people to watch it. Do you have you seen sort of any uh, any impact towards people spending more time with you guys on these apps uh, and these platforms with the OTT apps? Yeah, the the more native the content feels, the the higher the engagement, the more time people are spending with our brands and our voices. Are there particular uh, 
I guess, formats that work within that environment? Is it all simply just like long-form documentary investigative journalism? Do you find, are there, are there other formats that sort of work within this environment? Let me kind of back into that. So the the story itself and the journalism they're reporting um, resonates across all screens. In terms of the format for long-form viewing, what we find is people just want to get taken into the story immediately. They actually are less interested in having uh, an anchor kind of front a piece at a desk and maybe tossed to a reporter in the field, and then you roll a package. That's a very you know TV-centric format. They just want to hear immediately from who was there, right? Show me, show me what you saw. Get me behind the scenes um, and let the star- story kind of narrate itself. So what would you say uh, uh, the ultimate point of having an OTT strategy is? Is it, is it brand building? Is it, is it audience development? Like, What's the difference between investing time, resources, and money towards making stuff for OTT platforms versus you know, spending that time, money, and resources on scaling on Facebook and, and building an audience on Instagram and all these sort of distributed platforms? Right. Well, what we always say is what good is having a story if there's no one to tell it to? Right. So we're always looking to grow across all the platforms. Of course, we can't be everywhere. Um, but we do think that uh, OTT and these video services, these video aggregators is a place to be for long form programming, which is kind of our bread and butter. Right. We do video. We like to think that videos in our DNA. We do it better than most publishers out there, if not all. Um, it's core to the way that we gather news as well. And so OTT is important, but any video platform is important. Do you think it's in any way more impactful in terms of building, establishing, maintaining the brand? I mean, the reason I asked that question was, you know, you can see a great ABC News video on your Facebook news feed and it's a minute long. It does everything you need to do on Facebook to get sort of the the audience that, it, that you would want. But isn't it easier to, if I'm, if I'm a viewer, isn't it easier to forget that I saw that <laughs> or who I saw it from because it's in the news feed versus going to your app, going to your website and watching a longer video that I spend more time with? We look at it through the lens of screen sizes, right? And each screen size affords some creative flexibility. So there's a right way to tell a story for a mobile screen size. And there's a right way to tell a story for the big screen size. And creatively, if I'm a producer, I'm looking at a single story and thinking, okay, here's, here's the elements that are going to really work in an Instagram stories environment. Put those to the side when I'm thinking about this is what's really going to work in a Hulu environment. That makes sense. Um, you guys are also recently been moving heavily towards video on Instagram. Is that correct? A little bit. We're, get, we're just getting started. I mean, face, Facebook and YouTube, we've got really established audiences there. And so next up is uh, Instagram. Before we get to the Facebook versus YouTube question, because I do yeah. want to dive into that. Um, how are you looking at Instagram these days? What's the approach there? Um, well, the stories format is really interesting. And actually what's happening with, um, we were just talking about this on the way over, Google Stamp um, is also another interesting format. We're, we're, we're always kind of looking for the next new great format. Is that, that is that like creative. a, like a, like a, I don't want to use the word gift, but like, is it how, as a publisher, how do you yeah. view that now this format and this format that had been closed off to many companies because it only existed on Snapchat for a long time, the stories format has now been opened on Instagram. Google's developing one as a publisher. Is that like, great. Finally, we can like play in this field because we're, we have partners now or, or platforms that are openly allowing us to experiment with format. Is it a great thing for you guys? I, I'll say as a viewer, I think it's a great thing. I get frustrated when I'm on uh, other publisher sites and I'm seeing either repurposed TV clips or I'm seeing you know a lack of thought behind the production in, in terms of what it means to produce natively for 
a mobile phone. I think something like stamp could actually propel the entire industry forward that they're, they think they force the realization that the vast majority of video viewing is happening on mobile phones. So now we need to really think about producing natively for that. And that requires, we're not talking 16 by nine. We're not talking four by three uh, formats anymore. So as a viewer, I'm excited as a publisher, we are going to be there anyways. Um, it definitely, um, it lets us kind of flex our creative chops um, a lot more. Like well, What I meant to ask was, um, Snapchat has been notorious for being very exclusive to, to who its partners are. Uh, not to say that they wouldn't want to work with ABC News, but you know, there's only, a, I don't want to use the word handful anymore, but like I think it's what, 50 or so partners that are doing Discover channels or shows. So it was a closed off platform in that regard, unless you, I guess, try to build a, an organic audience there. So as a publisher, when you have the ability to, to use this format on a more on a more open platform like Instagram or, or, or Google, is it just like like finally, thank God, we can actually play with this format because we know it's popular? Like, how do you view that aspect of it? This goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know and where we prioritize to produce uh, native programming. Um, we follow the audience, right? And so between Snapchat and Google Stamp and Instagram Stories, we're really focused. Between those platforms, we're really focused on Instagram Stories and really keeping an eye on Google Stamp. What's the uh, I guess the content approach there? Is it uh, I've heard from some news publishers where it's like it's more experiential. Uh, behind the scenes kind of thing where we're taking you to these places that our reporters and uh, and, and our, our employees go, what's sort of the approach for you guys? Very similar. I mean, it's all about um, showing the news getting gathered and less filtering the news. Uh, we've done a lot of research around what um, the ABC News brand kind of means to, to, to our viewers. And it's one of the most recognized brands and it's one of the most trusted brands um, in America. In fact, I think it, I think it is uh, the most uh, recognized and trusted sure brand. I thought it was Fox news. That was the most trusted <laughs> news brand in America. But. RPR woman is sitting right next to me. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier how, uh, well, Instagram is new. You guys are keeping an eye on Google mm -hmm. stamp. Uh, Facebook and YouTube have become basically established beachheads for for you guys as well as many other publishers now i remember uh, uh i think it was a few years ago uh i did a story about abc news's youtube strategy and it was a lot around growing based on just the existing content that you guys had people wanted to watch uh clips and stuff from television put on youtube has that changed in any way in youtube are you doing more original stuff there or is that still sort of the the go-to strategy for that platform no you know Viewers go to YouTube for very different reasons than they go to Facebook. Typically, they're in catch-up mode. They've heard about something or they're in this kind of, I want to blindly discover some content. So, And, and I love what, what YouTube will recommend to me. But they're there. Um, typically, they're sitting down, right? They're, they're looking to consume. I forget what their average engagement is, something like 16 minutes a session, which is uh, quite a few multiples higher than the engagement on, on Facebook. Right. But that's, that's just the, the nature of the platform on Facebook. People of course are on their phones and they're just going through a feed very quickly and they're going to engage with a video for a very short period of time. Um, so not much has changed for us on YouTube, um, in terms of our approach and our windowing strategy there, um, with the exception of live. So, I'd say more than any other publisher, we've really pushed the boundaries with uh, with our live streams and our approach to live programming in general. 
Uh, we're not just trying to do special reports for TV and porting them over to digital platforms. We're trying to really produce live event coverage natively for the platform. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you if you tune in to YouTube Live or Facebook Live for that matter, because you can simulcast everywhere. Is that something that you guys are still doing? I feel like yeah. the, the 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 general thinking around Facebook Live these days is well. We tried it. It's not working out. So we're moving on. We, we built some proprietary technology that it lets us simulcast on all live platforms. Okay. So everything that we stream, it's out there, of course, on our own O's on YouTube live, Facebook live, Twitter, Periscope. We were talking to them around uh, Charlottesville, for example, getting some feature, um, some promotion around that, that, that coverage. Uh, but our, our opinion is, you know, if we are producing quote unquote, digital first live coverage, then we want that everywhere. How does that differ from live coverage that you might uh, might expect on television? Is it is it anchored? Or is it purely just a feed to show you what's going on? Like how, how do you actually approach that stuff? It's definitely done differently. So um, lots of the core tenets of VOD production kind of mirror live production and that it's probably less talent, less anchor fronted. It's more in the field. It's more kind of this is what's happening behind the velvet rope, so to speak. Um, so more raw and authentic are the are the words that get thrown around the most. Yeah. And if you had to ballpark it, how much live coverage are you guys doing? Well, at any given moment, we probably have between five and 10 live streams up. Um, where we put most of the weight of uh, ABC News behind, however, is during those big events, whether it's a breaking news event um, or whether it's a schedule event like today's Eclipse. Obviously, we know it's coming. Yeah. So you're doing it across all these platforms, O&O, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope. Uh, where is the actual audience or which platforms seem to be generating the the bigger audience for you guys these days, specific to live. Yeah, and the reason why we simulcast everywhere is because we then digest the data coming back to us and we can really figure out, okay, which platform is most important for upcoming events. So with uh, tip, typically it's, you know, bet between the three, it's whoever gets behind the event the most. Uh, we find ourselves more frequently actually pitching our coverage to all three platforms. Um, and saying, hey, YouTube, you know, we're probably the only publisher out there that's going to be providing unique live coverage that doesn't look like TV, doesn't feel like TV. Uh, so sort of custom made, tailor made for your audience. And then YouTube, of course, has all these levers that they can pull, as do Facebook and Twitter. So when it, when it comes to these conversations, is it just like we're doing this, let's partner in a more official capacity? Uh, like how does that exactly work instead of just simply going live on these platforms. It's it's actually we just simply go live on these platforms and then, and then some phone get, calls and they and they boost it if they can. Yeah, I mean, it's not dissimilar to Apple News. Um, I mean, it's no secret that Apple News has a Slack channel that's open to certain publishers for them to pitch their stories. They have a mix of, you know, human curators, human editors that decide, "Yep, this is the big story and I like this publisher's version of that story." I'm going to feature it in Apple News. It's, it's pretty much the same thing, only for, for live streams. But is there any, I guess, difference in terms of, I mean, do you find people's, more people coming to you to watch live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or no, spending more time on any of these platforms? Is there, or is it pretty evenly distributed at this point? It depends on the event. It depends on the event. And it depends on, um, you know, kind of what mood people are in. So if it's breaking news, then people are less likely are more likely to learn about it while they're on the go. 
um, and they're going to be consuming it on their mobile phones. So probably it's going to be more Facebook or Twitter. Um, whereas a scheduled event like uh, a royal wedding or a royal baby or an eclipse or an election, um, YouTube. Going back towards Facebook a little bit, um, one of their biggest initiatives or maybe their biggest initiative right now is sort of Facebook Watch and this this new, they call it a platform, but it's a section within the platform that allows you to watch videos. It's very similar to, I would say, YouTube in a lot of ways. Uh, do you think Facebook has the ability to train that into its user base in terms of instead of just going to Facebook and then you see some videos in the newsfeed passively, now you're going to go to Facebook to, to watch videos the way you do on YouTube? Well. I'll tell you what it creates for the publisher. I, I mentioned that over time, we have to tell the same story um, across more formats and voices. So with Facebook, everyone knows square video, uh, high visuals in the first three seconds, um, text overlays, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of the, the Facebook video format. Now they're creating a new Facebook video format. So for Facebook, we now have to do two. And if you're talking about the, the hero videos, um, three formats specific to just one social network. So it kind of gets to the root of the problem. You know, if we had this conversation a year from now, right. today we're talking about 10 formats. A year from now, we're going to be talking about 20 formats. Isn't that, isn't that difficult though, right? Yeah. I mean, like, there's only yeah. so many bodies that you have. I mean, are you, yeah. are you like looking to hire more people to figure this out like how does that work for a publisher well this is where i feel like it really helps to have video as part of your dna right i mean so not one of those companies that's just pivoting to video I, i'm only going to talk about abc news um you know we have journalists world-class journalists around the world and they learn video journalism they came to abc news to do video journalism um it's what drives people. It's why we show up to work every day. Um, the pictures, you know, and what you can do in that format is amazing. And, and that's also where the innovation is happening too. I mean, how, how can text be, I mean, actually some, some interesting things are going on in text, but just in terms of the, the creative options of available to a, re, a reporter in the field to tell that story creatively on video, it just gets more and more exciting. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I think that um, it's an advantage to, to people like us who have video as part of their DNA, though, across the board. But if you had to prog uh, prognosticate it, uh, a year yeah. from now, do you see Facebook successfully building that user experience on its platform where people are willing to go to it to watch video? I think you should ask Facebook that question. I think that um, if it's done well, they can build an audience. Sure. I, I can see a scenario where it works. I can see a scenario where you know the audience says decides... I don't, I don't come to Facebook for this. You know, who knows? Um, we're going to, you know, experiment with everything though. Um, one of the reasons we just uh, partnered with this, uh, with this great company called Attention out of Southern California, mm -hmm. who kind of specializes in um, issue-driven content produced for social and mobile platforms. We, of course, develop content for social and mobile platforms as well, but the whole thesis of that uh, partnership is that it's going to, uh, you know, e inject our experimentation with steroids. It's going to, you know, the, we can share our creative thoughts um, with them and vice versa and presumably, you know, stay at the leading edge because today it's face, it's this Facebook video tab tomorrow. It's going to be something else. And so hopefully a partnership like this helps us stay at the cutting edge. I'd like to go into that partnership a little bit. What was sort of the, I guess the, the driving force behind it? I mean, attention's done a pretty good job of, of building an audience on these distributed platforms fairly quickly, I would say. Um, was it simply a, a, a matter of, we're ABC News, 
we are growing ourselves on this platform, but it might serve us even better to work with the companies whose entire DNA is let's make stuff for social platforms. Was that sort of the, the main reason behind it? Well, we feel like our entire DNA is creating videos that resonate across all the platforms. I would use, uh, I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm going to use a Golden State Warriors analogy. I mean, Kevin Durant without the Golden State Warriors is a great basketball player. The Golden State Warriors without Kevin Durant, great basketball team. Together, they're even greater. Right. So, I mean, I think the, uh, the entire, which idea, one is Kevin Durant in that scenario? <laughs> I don't like, know. Are you, are, is ABC news, the warriors and attention is Durant or the other way around? <laughs> I don't know. Matt, Matt Siegel and I will have to figure that one out. Um, no, but I, I think it's, it's look, we both do video very well. Um, they specialize entirely or, or I'd say, uh, more on social and mobile, whereas we are, um, we have to equally be focused on developing content for Hulu and Roku and OTT platforms, right? But the really the idea is we think we're creative. We love what they do creatively. If we get more creative minds in the room, what can come of it? That's that's really why we did that partnership. Makes sense. Um, so moving a little bit away from the content side of it and to sort of the business side of it, um, a lot of concerns that publishers have with Facebook is, you know, for all the scale that you can you can build on that platform, it's still incredibly difficult to to make money off of it, right? It doesn't have yet an ad system that's even comparable to YouTube. Um, for ABC News, how does that how does that play into how you guys choose to distribute content? Uh, which platforms you choose to make original content for? In terms of, are we going to see some revenue back from this from this place that we're putting these videos on? Everything that we do starts with what does the audience want and where is the audience? Um, of course, the monetization rates are different on each platform. Um, everyone's got a theory on when how monetization rates are going to go up, down. When is Facebook going to allow this? Or when is Facebook going to take this away? Same with YouTube, same with Twitter. The conversations don't just happen around Facebook. Obviously, the monetization rates are highest on our own platforms. Um, so... How comparable are they though? Like, of course, they would be highest on your own platforms, but is it even close at this point, or is it just like not even in the same ballpark when it comes to ONO versus distributed and social platforms? It varies by the month and it varies by the day, and I'm sure for Facebook, it varies by the publisher. You know, I'd actually be interested in in hearing Facebook's response to that question. Um, For us, we just we monitor the changes, but see, in in digital, who knows what the monetization rates are going to be on any number of platforms. It's going to change. There's going to be formats that don't even exist today that you and I are going to need to talk about six months from now, 12 months from now. And then what's the monetization tactic on that platform and format that doesn't exist today? How does does that not scare the crap out of you? Because the audience always wins at the end of the day. So if we just follow the audience and really stay at the forefront of experimenting with video formats, we just think we'll be okay. And, and, And right now, I mean, it's, that's not just kind of idle talk. I mean, that's been our approach uh, for the last two years. We've grown our audience four times in the last two years. And What's the overall, I guess, scale at this point for ABC News? It's over a billion video views a month. Okay, and that's across every platform? Across all platforms. So that includes OTT, that includes YouTube, that includes our site, apps. That's a, that's a kind of all-in um, number there. And that's really how we look at it. If, if people are deciding to spend more time with our stories regardless actually of what what brand it's published under, whether it's under the ABC News brand or the Good Morning America brand, if people are just spending more time with us, then we must be doing something right. And so that's really our focus. Right, but the interesting thing for me is, you know, again, 
ABC News, it's not a three-year-old company or brand. It's not, it's not a decade old. It's been around for a long time. Ten years ago, you weren't worrying about experimenting on television. You know, that's not a place where you have to worry about, like, should we experiment with this format? Will this work? Like, that is pretty much an established established place. As a, as a media company, uh, as, as a media brand, when it comes to all these digital pl- platforms and talking about experimentation, does that not seem a little bit like you're always playing with fire, right? Because you don't know what the format a year from now will be, but at the same time, you don't know if that's a platform that would exist for video a year from now. Yeah, well, 10 years ago, I think MySpace was bigger than Facebook. Yeah. I think Twitter was in year one, um, and no one was supporting live streaming. So yeah, of course, but that, that's what makes this, uh, that's, that's why we all got into this industry, right? It's at the end of the day, at ABC News, we all consider ourselves journalists. We all find value in the role of journalism with a quote unquote capital J, you know, going out there and doing original reporting, sourcing the material, et cetera. Um, you know, the importance of that will never change. Um, we're out there to, you know, inspire, empower, educate the, the, our audience to better understand the world. Kind of simple as that at the highest level, right? Now, as creatives, um, I just see this all as opportunities. You know, before when you're just telling a story for linear, you can do it under different voices for different shows. And so there's some creative flexibility there. But at the end of the day, it's a linear signal that goes through a set top box. There's no sort of opportunity for interaction. So then you have the internet, then you have mobile phones, then you have social media, and there's just more and more creative opportunity. People are either going to be excited by that or they're going to be scared by it. And we're definitely the former. But isn't there any concern, I guess, in in the sense of should we even like invest in this platform or should we wait and see? Like, How do you approach making that critical decision of like we are going to dedicate resources, money towards doing stuff for this platform versus maybe waiting and seeing if it's actually a place to worth spending time on? Yeah. I think that you'd be you'd be hard pressed to talk to any publisher who thinks that uh, their growth is going to come from linear. Now, of course, there's a massive audience on linear, but uh, in terms of where the audience is going, again, and how they're consuming, particularly news. News is different, of course, from episodic entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are really focused on um, experimenting on off-linear platforms because that's where we've seen the growth. I mentioned earlier that our audience hasn't just um, quadrupled in size in the last couple of years. Our income has quadrupled in size as well over the last two years. So we just see that you know our thesis of following the audience, stay on the cutting edge of, of, of innovating around new video formats, it works. You'll get the audience and the monetization will follow. Great. Uh, and final question for you. you know, we've talked a lot about how OTT is a big part of, of ABC News' strategy. Are there any plans to build a, a subscription product, an OTT paid product that would kind of, I guess, extend that? I really was hoping that the final question was going to be about Game of Thrones. I came so prepared to talk about Game of Thrones. Um, look, I think uh, you know what Disney has announced on the streaming services is is really exciting, and that's we're going to take it one step at a time. Great. Well, Colby, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And tune in next week for another episode of the Today Podcast. 